Hello and welcome back to We Heart Heartnet, the podcast dedicated to exploring the filmography of our favorite actor, Josh Hartnett. And how. Movie by movie, we're just working our way through that filmography. Hell yeah, Guys, we are. Every, every week we get closer to the end, and we're getting close. Anyway, anyway, we'll get to that. I'm Patrick Willems. Ow! I'm Jacob Robinson Torpy. Jacob, oh, you, you just were good. We're trying to and peak this. <laughs> I, you bought, you made me botch my cool shock, like uh, shock shock intro. Humana, <laughs> We got Matt the Torp Dog Torpy here as well. <laughs> Coming Whoa. at you, Jake. How you doing? You take I'm a good doing piss well, or Matt. Shit lately, or oh, what big you, shit. What do shock jocks talk about? I don't know. Titties. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the wet t-shirt and uh, car washathon is happening. <laughs> we got cold beers and we're raising money for friggin' uh, uh, the, the the monster energy the next drink Def Leppard fund. concert. We got tickets to the new Def Leppard concert at Jones Beach. I appreciate Whoa. that. Uh, like about two minutes ago, I was like, "Okay, guys. So for our new audio recorder, let's test the levels on each of you. Get as loud as you're going to get." And then we start recording, and you get twice as loud as you were during our tests. <laughs> well, and we peaked, and we just we wanted to stress test the new uh, equipment there. We also want to explode your new technology. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, guys, so I, we're recording, since I know all of our listeners care deeply about this. We got our gearheads out there, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. so our, our mixer that we use for most of the podcast <laughs> Shit, is, still, is still broken and out of commission, but I just upgraded... From the old Zoom H4n to the Zoom H6. The H4n was my handy audio recorder that recorded the audio for every single video we made for the past seven years. And finally, you know, it was beginning to, like, show signs of its age, and I upgraded. And this H6, which has four XLR inputs. You heard it. It should have six, because it's the H6. It's uh, pretty nice. I'm, yep. I'm digging it so far. I'm, uh, I'm looking at, at the, the color monitor. Honored as I record this, but uh, anyway, this is a podcast about Josh Hartman. <laughs> it is no, a sexy not. little piece of equipment. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, it is. Fill me up, Daddy. Ooh, I think yeah. that's what it says. And you know what? That, there's an extra port there, and it's just begging to get plugged in because we <laughs> have guests. It's, it's begging. It's begging. Speaking of begging, no, I, <laughs> you know what we're drinking today? Kill begging whiskey. And this, uh, is, a, this is actually an ad sponsor. Kilbegan Whiskey. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to be Kilbegan for some of this whiskey because it's oh. very good. Uh, Kilbegan Whiskey is a, a distilled where, Jake? Uh, it's, it's a traditional Irish whiskey. It's, in fact, their finest whiskey. Irish. Irish whiskey. Is that the best you got? That, no, that's um, Matt, I spent a lot of time in Ireland. That's how Irish people talk. I, I would know. My mother's from that country. Yeah, they sound like pirates. <laughs> yeah. Irish. That's kind of a recent development in like the past five years or so. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. After uh, the Celtic tiger. Exactly. Col- collapsed. It, it kind of faded. The economy was really hurt and everyone just kind of became pirates. <laughs> That's so interesting. No one saw it coming. I love geopolitics. <laughs> and there's no dollars. What? Do, what's the money in Ireland? Euros. The Euro. Euros. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do um, you think it was? Freaking shamrocks Shut up. I was going to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> they, they collect their shamrocks. currency in, in the field. <laughs> yeah. They just pluck them. Yeah, take that Ireland, Ugh, which nice. we're all from, sort of. Exactly. Without the country of Ireland, we would not exist. This podcast would not exist. What about Josh Hartnett? Do you know? Do we want know what his heritage is? Oh, I don't know if we've ever. Oh, that's a good actually question. researched that. Our boy Josh. He's our boy, and we don't know. You know where, what his lineage? There's is. There's one way we can settle this. Uh, Josh Hartnett, please oh. come on the podcast if you're listening. He's uh, very tall. He's from Minnesota, so I'm just gonna like. 
guess Scandinavian. But like Hart, Hartnet. But then there's got to be like maybe a Sc- Scottish Highlander or something I, in there. I predict. I predict something. Something semi-Celtic. He's like part Celtic. Hmm. I, I, that's my prediction. Well, he got the Celtic knot on his left yeah. shoulder. Yes, so yes, yes. The clue. Presumably that might have something to do with the sort of, yeah, pride and uh, his family's in the heritage. Name of love. Yes. Yeah. In the yeah. name of love. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. I'm going to Google Josh Hartnett ancestry. Okay? Exactly. So 23 uh, and me. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, what? He's as white as white can be. He's actually me and Matt's uh, mix. Pat, I don't know if you're also, but half Irish, half German, which is what... The Torpy family is. That's pretty close to me. Pretty I'm, close I'm to you? half Irish, and then my dad's side is a mix of like German and Hungarian. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Josh Hartnett is not half Irish, half German. His father is oh. half Irish, half German. So his father is like a Torpy, half Irish, half German. Josh's mother is of five eighths Swedish what? and three eighths. Norwegian. Oh, Mama's got the height on Joshy. I've I nailed it. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. But well, hey, we got that Irish heritage in common. Oh, 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 oh my God! This is a great. Sorry, great fun fact. Uh, Josh has stated that he has visited a peninsula in Ireland where his Irish ancestors are from, and when he was there, he found a Hartnett laundromat. <gasps> what? Okay. This, Whoa! This yep. is huge. Okay, so do we know what peninsula? Is it the Dingle Peninsula? Because I've been there. <laughs> no, but the Dingle Peninsula is yeah, a real it's a peninsula? place. Yep. Oh, that's great. A Dingle Dingle's a place. Yeah, it's actually a Dingle. The town is a big tourist attraction. It's nice. Oh, yeah. It's what's really cooler than Dingle is a little bit, maybe like twenty miles further out, is a town called Ballyferreter. Where uh, Irish is actually the first language of the people there, mm. and tourists don't really know about it. Every single store name or like pub name is in Irish, mm-hmm. Whoa. and it rules. Nice, uh, yeah. Hold up. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I'm going down a rabbit hole a little no, bit. No, please but do. We're all so the website that you. I found this information on. For once, uh, this tangent is actually on topic yeah. because it's about Josh Hartnett. <laughs> so keep going. Um, so this is a website called ethnicelebs.com. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so sketchy. It's actually just by a <laughs> white supremacist who's just talking area. about like what, like I. Uh, what parts of different celebrities are non-white so that they can discriminate against them. Oh, no. Well, let's hope that that's not what this is. I, I It's hard to tell right now because I feel like, you know. Whatever. Keep going. All right. So it breaks down his ethnicity by percentage. 31.25% Swedish. 25% Irish. Hey. 25% right. German. And 18.75% Norwegian. Wow. Now. Nice. <laughs> um, it gives you also information about his... Paternal grandfather, <laughs> whose name was Daniel Lawrence Hartnett, uh-huh. and Josh's grandfather Daniel was also born in Minnesota. So he ha- he hails from a long line of Hartnets from Minnesota. Do we, so my question is, what about the Hartnett name? Because it's from his father's side, and his mm. father is a mix of Irish and German, right? Yeah. Um, it does not. So tell is us the Hartnett about- name? Is, is, it, there a, is, is there a crest for the Hartnett family in Ireland? I don't know. I mean, I've never, as someone, as the person who's, like, spent the most time, like, in Ireland and around Irish culture, uh, for those new to the podcast, my mom's from Ireland, uh, I, I've i never encountered the hmm. name. Hmm. But um, I'm now just Googling Hartnett, Ireland. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. I think, oh, there is, there is a Hartnett coat of arms. Ooh. 
Now let's give what a centrist description of that. Yeah. Um, let the, let the ooh, listeners yeah, so, give them something so, to picture so the, this So with. the colors are blue and yellow, mm-hmm. which are my favorite colors, and they're the colors <laughs> of the YouTube channel as well. <laughs> Blello. Lello. This is blue. A, yeah, this is a royaler shade of blue, though. And this coat mm. of arms, there's a big uh, just knight's... Cow, what, what is it? Like, like the whole sort of cowl and like helmet. There's like a, a knight in shine, like a, yeah. an, an armor helmet, and um, like the Dark Souls guy, like a, like a helm, right? Yeah, at the top, and then it looks like there are two heads of what could be. I mean, those could be dogs or they could be dragons. It's hard to tell. Mm. And then griffins, perhaps, could be griffins. Whoa. And then on the bottom, there is a crescent moon. Let me see the heads really quick. Yeah. Yo, those are those are straight those up are griffins. Lions. They're lions, but look at those Matt, tongues. Matt, get to your microphone. They're they're lions, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pretty there's, sure. There's no mane, so it's Yeah, but it's like those like stupid um when when people were still kind of bad at drawing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably made like by like, you know, and an, a rough account of seeing lions in Africa by like an explorer one time. Exactly. By the way, variants of the name Hartnet include Harnet, O'Harney, Harney, Harknet, so Harnety, 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 and Harnet. I'm so Harnety. I'm so Harney right now. <laughs> That's like how a Minnesotan would say it. No, it's going to say, oh, I'm so That's how an Irish person That's would say it. That's how an Irish person would say it, yeah. Feeling fucking Harney. <laughs> I'm ready to fuck. Give me another slug of this Guinness. I'm fucking Harney. Let me nick one of these here ales and we can get to it. Get to the pump and... <laughs> wait, sorry. No, wait, guys. This is wild. This name in Irish is... Get to the pump and... It says, this name in Irish is O'Hernity. And I... O'Hernity? Nice. What is that? And the latter nice. variants are the <laughs> anglicized forms of this. This sept came from the counties Cork, Kerry, and Limerick. Hey. The Dingle Peninsula <laughs> is in County Kerry. Mm-hmm. That means that I may have been at... The the hardnet launch at, like without even knowing it. This was also this was a solid thirteen years ago that yeah. I remember being there, and uh, I yeah, but without knowing it, I could have been at the the origin of the hardnet family. That's right. Now I'm wondering if I wait. You said it was a laundromat that was yep. called the hardnet laundromat. The hardnet laundromat. Okay, I definitely I never did. The uh, the the house that my family rented was uh, it came with a washer and dryer, so we yeah. did not use mm. a laundromat. So I definitely was not there. But there, I mean, there's a chance that I drove by it. Yeah, just think, um, tantalizingly the, close. More, more things to talk to Josh about when we get him on the podcast. Josh, if you're listening, please come on the show. <laughs> we would listening. love to talk to you. We are fans of your work. Also, if anyone listening has any connection please. to Josh Hart. If you know someone who knows him, please just reach out to say that, like, look, these very trustworthy, legitimate men. <laughs> with, and that's important with that a, we're men. <laughs> with a podcast that has an audience. And it's true. And we also have a YouTube channel with 200,000 subscribers. I said that a couple days ago. Thank you very much, everyone who subscribed. But, uh, but like, get. we're we're legit. Um, yeah. And I may not be verified on Twitter, but uh, I'll get there eventually. It's coming. But but 
tell him to come on the podcast because we really want to talk to him and he's a hard man to reach. Were you on the Dingle hey, Peninsula? A good man is for hard example. to find. For example. Thank you, man. And we found him. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else is hard to find? A good Josh Hartnett film. Which brings us <laughs> to oh, what? today's Excuse movie. Excuse me. I, 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 I kid, there are good Josh Hartnett films, but... It's not this one. But today we're talking you guys about... Are harsh on this one. ...a film called no. Parts mm. Per Billion. Uh, it is a 2014 film that was released straight to VOD. <laughs> it is written and directed by Brian Horiuchi, who is not Japanese. I just want to say that. No. Um, but so... He's not. Yeah, it is, according to Wikipedia, it is a romantic drama. And <laughs> That's not what it is, but... I mean, it kind of kinda, is. Kind of, sort of. So, let's transition into this movie. Apologies for the sirens in the background. As you know by now, we are recording in Manhattan, and this happens the a lot. The crime-riddled streets of New York. Exactly. We just saw someone get stabbed just down on the street below. Yeah. Uh, it, it's rough out here. No <laughs> one moved to New York. It's dangerous. So, guys, should I kick it off by just reading the first paragraph of the Wikipedia plot summary? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Because this is, they have a long plot summary. Okay. It's weird that they wouldn't give the lovers a long plot summary. I know. The lovers got this, three sentences. Yeah. And the this, lovers is convoluted. Yeah. And this is like thin gruel paste. Yes. It's, it's, it's convoluted in its own weird way. But go ahead, Pat. Okay. Yeah, this is kind of convoluted when it, it shouldn't be. Yeah. But so Eric, a struggling musician, played by Gossip Girl star Penn Badgley. One of a couple. Yes, a struggling musician who lives off his family's considerable wealth, clashes with his girlfriend, Anna, played by Teresa Palmer, over what they know are trivial details in their relationship. Apprehensive after watching news reports of con of increasing conflict in the Middle East. Yes, the Anna, war. <laughs> Anna comes to believe that they should spend more time together, but Eric seems preoccupied with music composition and maintaining friendly relations with his ex-girlfriends. Yeah, his one song that sucks. Yeah. At the same time, Len and Mia, a married couple, Len is Josh Hartnett, yes. Mia is Rosario Dawson, Back together with Josh for the third time, and we'll get into that. In a trilogy of movies that go really well together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, triple feature this bad. This, oh, yeah. Those. Let, mm. let me power through this. So mm -hmm. they're a married couple. Uh, they experience trouble in their own relationship. Len, a depressed and unemployed writer, struggles to find direction in his life. He confesses to his sister, a nurse named Sarah, played by another person who has also been in every one of these movies with Josh oh, and Rosario yeah. Dawson, Alexis Bledel. That he has taken his wife Mia for granted until recently. Mia, an accomplished lawyer, has just <laughs> successfully represented Andy, played by Frank Langella, a scientist of some renown, <laughs> from accusations of selling trade secrets to a research facility in the 1970s. Anna, worried about oh oh uh, oh yeah, Anna worried about visions that she has had recently of a looming apocalypse that involve a young girl, confides in Rick. Len's best friend no. that she fears she may be suffering from schizophrenia. Okay, wow. This plot summary goes into a lot of detail and more detail than, than it's worth because this movie is stinks. It I this is for me like bottom 3 films that we've covered on this podcast. Yeah. This was a chore to get through. I 
disliked this intensely from the first <laughs> few minutes. Um, it was rough, even at only uh, an hour and thirty-eight minutes. Ninety-eight long. minutes long. It still seemed. Look, three nights earlier, I rewatched The Godfather Part Two, a three and a half hour movie. This movie felt way longer than The Godfather Part Two. I still haven't seen Godfather Part Two. Uh, spoiler, it's great. <laughs> oh. Which is his point. It's a hyperbolic time chamber if you're uh, sitting through something shitty. Yeah, so, well, well you know, as That's much as true. I have already voiced my, my general thoughts on this movie, uh, guys, what do you think? I just, I mean, I mean, I, I didn't, like, revile it maybe as much as you did, but it is a big, empty calorie, just waste of time, and it's, like unforgivably boring which is i think a no, a thing we've said uh, over and over at at some point it feels like this shouldn't have been boring this was so boring this like was i'm so bored one of the most boring this thing is might be the most boring movie out of all of the movies we've watched all of them not necessarily the worst but possibly the most boring the most boring specifically oh by the way you but, might be right i so, hate the con but i just hate the content anyway i'm 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 in a bad mood, like I usually am, and I'm particularly <laughs> Match not the buttercup of this group. As I'm we've not receptive to the to love. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but before I, which that, is like the basis of the film, and yeah. uh, uh, Jake, sorry to cut you off right here, but I realized that this plot synopsis, or that first paragraph of the plot summary, did not even get at what is the main point of this movie. No, not at all. Which is that there is a biological attack. And a massive, like... There is a pathogenic pandemic that has spread from the Middle East to the United States, wiping out what seems like 99% of the population. In a very quiet, non-gory way. In a quiet, beautiful way. People just kind of... With a quiet beauty. uh, They feel a little bit sick, and then they kind of tip. They just, like, lay down and are dead. Right, in a way that's really, really... What struck me as odd, easy for cheaply paid for extras to do without a lot of makeup time. Oh yeah, <laughs> no. But here, here. <laughs> can you just lie down on the ground? But but Jake, we ran out of foam budget, and you can't foam out of the mouth anymore. Jake, nor what, can you hemorrhage. What do you think of parts per billion? Um, I have a little bit of a soft spot for Good. parts per billion. Speak your mind, <laughs> yes. Jake. Jake, this is no, a no, safe um, space. I'm, I'm glad. I I want to hear about this. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing, though. It's I think I agree with you guys probably on all of your complaints. It's just that this type of movie, and when I say this type of movie, I mean movie with a sort of swing for the fences level of pretension that usually surrounds the idea of some sort of like cosmic or mystical sense of love is actually something that I am a little sympathetic towards. I think what we're realizing here is that Jake, the happily married person yeah. here, yeah. is the one who, who, I who enjoyed the movie. Don't the, uh, mind the message uh, about that focus on these like people in the with these romances, and and Matt and I, the two miserable people here, are like fuck this. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is terrible. We never said yeah. our our our. Uh... As Our choice or like temperament was correct or good for you. We As just, someone that has sealed themselves into a binding contract <laughs> that signifies the power of love, universal and everlasting love, guys. <laughs> I really, I'm not mad at this movie. It, and I agree, it's boring and the acting is, actually the acting's not no, no, bad. I don't like, mind the acting. This movie has a w- super overqualified cast. Yeah. Th- it would be if you did not have a cast this good, yeah. it would be practically unwatchable. This right. movie should have like 
this is basically just the perfect embodiment of like the the negative stereotype of the of an in quotes indie movie. Yeah. And which is like sort of formless people just with hand like handheld camera work uh just like talking about feelings and not really going anywhere and it, but it thinks it's about the things that are like like making big powerful philosophical statements but it's really not and uh it thinks it's clever doing the bait and switch where the right. audience comes in and they're like ooh uh, the movie about a disease breaking out maybe this will be the next yeah, yeah like, like no, you're going to learn something about human the human condition, but like yeah. th- this is the kind of thing that you that normally <laughs> you, it like, normally would gotcha. have a, just a bunch of like unknown actors <laughs> yeah. that maybe th- that were I don't know like acting students or whatever that the person cast on backstage.com and it has this really overqualified cast and, just, and they make it more watchable than it should be even though it's in my opinion barely watchable. They do, and the overqualified cast is the intriguing thing about this movie though too because it's like yeah. look, it's a weird script. It feels student film e it's that it's got that like yeah that, that like half baked notion that half baked feel to it in terms of like the dialogue and themes that can only come in this form the way like a 19 or 18 year old with like no life experience could right. write them which makes it frustrating that there's very very little to find online about the production history of the movie because clearly the script or something about this movie was a hot item and it attracted a lot of interesting people. Robert Pattinson was originally okay. like, set to be in the Robert film Pattinson hot off the Twilight in movies. 2008. Yeah. Mm. So this movie was, was supposed to be made. It's a 2014 film. It was supposed to come out in 2009. And yeah, Robert Pattinson was attached. Mm-hmm. And a and, lot of interesting people. And then because of, of scheduling conflicts with uh, the 21st century classic, the Twilight Saga colon new moon. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, he had to drop out, and then it got like Dennis Hopper was the, cast in the movie. Yeah, they, they, they <laughs> wait. What? Yeah, yes, as the Franklin Jella character, probably. Yeah, yeah. but but what even when this fuck? did get made, it still had a really notable, respectable cast. That and this movie had a budget of one point five million dollars. Yeah, and so these people are all working for way <laughs> below their usual salary, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, what? What drew them to this project? Because you know I'll I tell think you. They, oh wait, you go for it, Jake. Power of love, but go ahead, Matt. I was just gonna say <laughs> it, it felt like there, like somehow, the screenwriter. I already forgot his name. Brian Horiuchi wrote and directed it. Brian Horiuchi. This is like. Can I talk about his career in a sec? Sure. Oh yeah. It's right <laughs> after. It feels like one of those, uh, one of those like activisty movies almost where you kind of like pull the wool over a producer's eyes by pitching it. As something that's like culturally needed. Oh yeah, because you know, the war or something, and like <laughs> he's like, no, we, like I think we've forgotten what film can really do, and I think what we need to express to people and what needs to be expressed more is what makes us human and unified in this world that's so divided these days because of freaking uh, oil, <laughs> and then like, and then like all these actors were like, I'm gonna do this good thing. I'm gonna do this good this deed with this movie, message. and also and also the the like, the the number of people that passed over it, but who were approached might have been intriguing to like more established actors. And one thing you can yeah. definitely say about this movie, it did not take a long time to shoot, and mm. it probably was not looks a big terrible time commitment. Like mm-hmm. you could definitely see Josh being like, oh hey, you know I'm about to start shooting uh, Penny Dreadful, but I've got like 
a week free. Yeah, sure, I'll do this. Yeah. Oh, I'll get to, you know, like work with my girl Rosario again? Sure. Yeah. So, I wonder who yeah. got signed on first. Rosario Dawson's a, a, a producer. She's a producer on it? Yeah, or a co-producer or something. Yeah, she's, she's got some stake in it, mm. uh, more than just an actor being an actor. She, well, she has a very interesting career. She does so many, like, she's in so many things and, like, everything from, you know, bit parts to, Sin like, City to big roles. Like, like, yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, she's, you know, she's, like, the voice of Batgirl in Lego Batman. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's, like, in so many, she dated Danny Boyle. Really? Yeah, she dated Danny Boyle and then Eric Andre after that. That's she's random a as fascinating fuck. That's person. crazy. I mean, um, I like. I mean, I've always liked Rosaria Dawson. Yeah, it's just that this movie sucks. <laughs> right. I mean, there's those two things are. Dude. Let me guess. I like the movie Babel more than both of you. Yes. Yes. Is that I safe haven't to say? seen it in a long time, but uh, I. I probably would not like it as much now as I did when I was 19. Yeah. Honestly, that's a fair point. I haven't seen it in a while either. That's the thing is like, I was just way more emotional in like a different way. Yeah. When I was like 18, 19, where when Ryoichi Sakamoto plays at the end and it it does a long pull away. I mean, that still kind of gets me. That song's beautiful or whatever. But like the histrionic nature of the movie is not up my alley anymore. And as I've talked about on this podcast before... I, I, that was the, that was the first uh, Alejandro Gonzalez in a movie that I saw. Same. And and since I have oh, become uh, more and more frustrated as I've seen like the majority of his work. Yeah. And so now I, I feel like going back to Babel, it would represent a lot of what I find frustrating about him. You know, it was hilarious. Fair I, point. I was looking just at like the basic IMDb information about Parts Per Billion, and uh, there is a perfect score review on there and uh this person <laughs> defending the movie was it's was so weird because they lo- they loved it they were gushing about this they were like this is the kind of thing that like doesn't like what like the joking sort of view i was just saying earlier of like this is the thing that doesn't get made anymore like sort of high concept sci-fi and like conceptual films about people and not just freaking spaceships and lasers yeah. and explosions like we just gobble up as sheeple consumers. <laughs> yeah. And then she compared it to fucking, I think like Tarkovsky or something. What? Hell yeah. And he, she what? dragged a bunch of <laughs> extremely good names through the mud by like putting them in the same company as this movie and I was just like, what is this person on to have nominal, like, ostensibly good taste then also reacting the way she did to i think it was a woman to this movie hmm yeah i mean it's trying to cover like a it's it's a it's a vaguely sci-fi premise that's trying to so then cover vague. yeah that's then trying to cover a emotional or spiritual theme i mean that's like a Tarkovsky thing to do, and then it's just chopped and screwed, which is like the the way to you know because, yeah. non-linear timeline, yeah, non-linear timeline in order to so like cool because that's more interesting. Which I'm just gonna say was a mistake. Like yeah, you, you, this movie, this is a movie to movie uh, to and bring back a recurring term on the show. This is not a movie that I would say has good bones. No, this like uh, the term I like to say, it's a big bowl of spaghetti. Exactly, <laughs> and uh, well, because so here's my thing about this movie. I spent all 98 minutes of it the entire time thinking, I wish I was watching 
the Steven Soderbergh film Contagion yeah. instead, yeah, yeah, yeah. because that is a similar film, but it's really good. Oh, yeah. I get that. Okay, Pat's, pause. Pat's food arrived. <laughs> Wait, do we fill the time? Oh, God, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. And then the father walks into the apartment and he and he goes on the balcony and his daughter was his showing daughter showing her genitals no. to boys in the food court this is how you're filling the time you couldn't just continue the conversation <laughs> we're talking about the end scene of Babel. i know but but anyway the whole time i just kept because you know when you when you think recent movies about big sort of virus outbreaks or pathogens within the u.s Contagion is the notable one. Right. Yeah. And also break with a big ensemble cast and contagion real good movie. Yeah. Well, because contagion doesn't have any of the same pretensions that parts per billion is trying to accomplish. Contagion is, I think Steven Soderbergh's intention was just to make a movie that objectively shows all the different facets of a, what, you know, what a viral pandemic would look like. It does. At the the same time, um, I'll, right. ding, I'll keep ding. going. This was just an incredibly annoying. You said a bait and switch. A little bit, yeah. They like lead you in with the, the secret. With the already at this point in 2014, I'm tired of seeing this shit. Hack newsreel montage with the bad, poorly graphic lower thirds, which you can already use to tell is like a cheap budget film already. At yes. This no, point. So no. let me talk about this. Let please. Right. I have so many things to say right, about, we, this, we about we the news a, broadcast. A rich vein for Patrick. You don't like the lower thirds? Okay. <laughs> Okay, we'll talk about your feelings about the lower third. The first <laughs> 20 minutes of this movie is half news broadcast. Yes. And right away Horrible in the fir- storytelling device and, at this and, point. Yes. It's just like a montage of of like very vague like I, I mean clearly uh, clearly they did not have the, like the budget to have like CNN or any real uh news things, but even still, right away in like the first minute of the movie because uh, like it begins with news broadcast, and then it pulls back, and you see Teresa Palmer like watching this on her laptop while Penn Badgley just noodles on a guitar. Oh, such yeah. a boring song! Such a boring song. But wait, this <laughs> and it's hey, the only one he writes. This first news broadcast, it keeps talking about conflict in just the Middle East, not naming any specific countries. It's like it's so vague. And well, they keep bland. saying the war. Though at right. one point Josh Hartnett is running around yell, talking on his phone to his sister, <laughs> and she's like, "You need to get, you need to get, get, find some shelter." He's like, "What is it? Is it the war?" <laughs> right, I'm like, it's the war. It's like what you you think if you just are vague and allude to a conflict, the movie is going to be evergreen. It universalizes the movie, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but what happens is, so they talk about <laughs> they're talking about just like the Middle East and conflicts there, as huh. if it's all one place, and they cut to this one reporter. Terribly green screened in, <laughs> into into su, into like Baghdad or something and like, like that. He's like, I'm scared. I don't know. And, and she's just there. And it's right everywhere. Away, the virus. And, the virus. And and like I was taking notes on this movie, and my my very first note was, new stuff seems super fake. Bad green screen. I've uh, a bad screen. Uh, Ooh, green, screen. green screen, huh? Yeah. Woo. Horror movie uh, title, if I ever it's, heard uh, one. It's, it's uh, Halloween's then, on the then horizon. Very vague about <laughs> no. Middle East. And yeah, and and the, the lower, like, the whole presentation, just like the graphics package, seems cheap. It was the and first it giveaway. It was like one of the first true giveaways. Right. It's like, look, I could do a better job than this in After Effects with no budget, and I'm not, like, amazing at that stuff. It's yeah. just, it seems so 
just it false. Well, and I mean, like you said, these actors had to have taken pay cuts, but they still must have comprised the vast majority of that million dollars. Or whatever. oh, completely. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how much do you think this movie? Got in terms of like any other auxiliary budget for like other aspects. Mostly at locations and stuff like that. But but what I'm thinking there's of, like a house, one room. The reason that I was br- <laughs> like a basement. One of the key things I was uh, I wanted to say about Contagion. Yeah. Is that as much as Contagion is sort of it like this 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 broad look at at how this would affect the world, and because that has like the uh, like. Was the, the 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 CDC and like like all, like government agencies, the World like, Health Organization, yeah, and like doctors, all, all these different like uh, <laughs> and like, Alex like, Jonesy Jude Law guy, <laughs> who's great. Jude yeah. Law is so good in that movie. Yeah. But all these these different types of people, all dealing with this in different ways. But you also have how it would affect normal people and them reacting emotionally to this. You have Matt Damon, where his wife Gwyneth Paltrow comes back home from a business trip. And then dies, and then they cut her head off to like do an autopsy, <laughs> and you have all that. But you have Damn. him freaking Group? out, and then dealing with this, and having to like, you have the, like, you care about this because you have the normal person who is family is affected by this, right. having an emotional reaction to it, and that invests us in this whole thing. And this whole movie is about normal people reacting to this outbreak and being affected by it. Quote and, unquote. And, yeah. and, and at no point. Did I feel a fraction of what I felt for, like, Matt Damon's family in Contagion? I barely here. got a sense of anxiety about the, the, the what <laughs> was happening. It's so vague. And then, and then the timeline keeps jumping around, but, like, where there are three storylines, but all with nonlinear timelines, and they all and they also they jumble intersect, up like a jigsaw puzzle. And they all jump around. So, well, they, uh, that doesn't even need to... And, and also, can I just say that that doesn't need to happen. No. Also. And it always annoys me when it's like, and but did you realize that this character's sister's best friend is dating the other character okay, okay, who yeah. works at a bar that he, the other character went to one time? It's like, you don't need to like, you're not dazzling me with like the in, interwoven lives of these people and making me like feel the themes of how all human beings are one super organism or whatever the fuck right, this movie's there, about. There are so many, wait, can we just go through the connections between everyone? Yeah, I don't even remember fully, but yeah. Okay, I think I can do it. So, Penn Badgley... Also, going to say, so Penn Badgley, uh, a.k.a. Lonely Boy, a.k.a. Dan Humphreys from Gossip Girl. Um, a.k.a. Penn Badgley is the most ridiculous no, no, name of yeah. all time. But every time... like Be Ben Padgley. And more have like, a regular first no, name. A, more like Ben 15. <laughs> what? Get it? No. Oh, damn it. No? It should be Penn. <laughs> Penn 15. <laughs> Venus. <laughs> Venus Badgley. <laughs> oh, go to pen15.com. Yeah, more like and, Penis uh, Badgley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got him. That's a good joke. Can ben I just th- that Badgley. that couple just sucked. So they okay you, just oh, Penn sucked. Badgley and Teresa Palmer. Mm. They they're the worst. They, they, I mean, are you about to say that they're attractive, <laughs> Jake? Are you horny right now, Jake? <laughs> uh-huh. Don't call me out on all this stuff. All right, uh, yeah. just because I'm wearing sweatpants. All right, while I know we're, while sweatpants we're doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. <laughs> Let me scoot under the table a little better. Um, no. <laughs> I wasn't going to say wait, that they were wait. attractive, Matt. What I just want to say is, so Penn Badgley, and I, I, I am the person here who has seen every episode of Gossip Girl, and okay, that's what yeah. he's best known for. But every time, what's your pen take? I see him. His name was Penn. Yeah, you know, no P E N N. Fifteen Badgley. But every single time I see him, I think of of one of the greatest tweets of all time. 
Okay. Did he tweet Which, something? It better no, no, be no, 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 what it, you say. It's not, the, the tweet is not from him. Yeah. It's from the, uh, the account at Ruined Picnic, which is, it's a, like, uh, it's a conversation. What's your name, son? Reply. Uh, looks at cop's shirt pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Pen Badgley. <laughs> that yeah. is really funny. That's how, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the greatest tweets of all time. That's who that one grows on you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, then... I mean, here's the screenshot of it. <laughs> somehow, okay, so he has a shaved head in the movie, and somehow this picture of him with a full head of hair is even funnier. Man, he looks like, uh, oh, damn, what's his name? Zach, what's his name? He, he from looks like a, he looks like a scrawny version of uh, Superman, whatever that actor's name is. Henry Cavill. Henry yeah, Cavill. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. He looks like a really lame Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... I, I, More like I, Harry Cowbell. Ooh. <laughs> Ew. Hell yeah. I'm going to keep doing it. But anyway. That so, couple sucks though, Jake. Come on. Oh, they're like that. They're, they're the worst. Every single attempt to have them have like an endearing, quirky relationship in which, again, this is the couple, I think basically that's supposed to solidify the notion of eternal love. Okay. You know what they do that did annoy me? Everything? That, every, okay, literally no, every not everything, word. And, honestly. Um, the one thing though that did annoy me was the scene in the kitchen when they're at a friend's party. Oh, and they're stoned and they're talking about the cupboard. That yeah. one actually annoyed me less than most <laughs> of the other scenes, but the, it still annoyed the me. The final, yeah. You know what didn't annoy me? Uh, when they're reading the, the, the bit off the shampoo the bottle, the soap bottle, and then it's their inside joke. <laughs> I, are you kidding me, Jake? Because it's a non-linear you're so, timeline. Your brain is so damaged from being <laughs> married and in love. See, this was the problem with being in love. It makes you weak. Tell me. Matt and I are objective. We don't have emotions clouding our judgments. You guys, you guys are gargoyles. I just think you're of, made of stone. I just think of Ming the Merciless when he's just like, or like when it was like, what, what are that? What is that running from their eyes? They're called tears. <laughs> They're a source of humans' weakness. <laughs> like that's basically what I think of. When but it, will you foolish humans realize that your emotions get in the way of big? Cash payoffs. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Wait, so let me just go through the the connections between the characters in this movie. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, Penn Badgley's. So it was. I. His grandfather is Frank Langella. Yes. Who is married to, to Gen- Gina Rollins. To Gina, Gina Rollins. Yeah. And apparently, having in, a tough time speaking. Apparently, in, in well, their the, mouths are covered in breathing masks. No, yeah. no. And in and in the seventies, so Franklin Jell had been a scientist, and he, I guess, like soul. He apparently apparently was in involved somehow in maybe the creation of this pathogen. He was a yeah. biologist that was consulted by a you know shady weapons unnamed did, you know weapons project agency, yeah. and. Uh, he, but he knew what they were doing. He knew that they were working on a pathogen, and he knowingly, like, sold. He, he knowingly that, sold, hired. He knowingly gave them his gave services. his services and let them pick his brain, which I think was the crucial bit that they needed because he was some sort of genius in creating the pathogen that they wanted to be as deadly as it could, so that he could take the giant payoff they were giving him to pay for medical treatment for his daughter, who only had like. A year to live, and instead got fifteen years to live, right. based yes. on like this payout, and, 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 and is dead, and died, but not before she gave birth 
to Penn Badgley. Exactly. But yeah. but also, uh, he there uh, he, there had Parts been a, billion. Uh, he had been on trial. Whoa, be, you think that, okay. because of of the, that you know his involvement in that and right. like selling that years earlier, and his lawyer was Rosario Dawson. Yes. He, yeah, he's under under indictment for selling trade secrets. Yes, yep. and her husband. Is our Josh boy. Hartnett. Whoa. Our boy. Mind exactly. blowing. Exactly. And Josh Hartnett's sister is Alexis Bledel. The nurse. Who is the nurse for Frank Langella and Gina Rollins? Mm. Yes. Wow. And now, Josh Hartnett has a friend. Josh Hartnett <laughs> has a friend with whom he plays basketball once and bails yes. pretty fast. And, and then at one point. Fun. In the park, oh my his God. friend happens to just end up in a conversation with Teresa Palmer. Teresa Palmer. And Teresa Palmer's like, I have visions and might be insane. And he went, I wanted to kill myself one time. And then they both chuckle warmly. Ch- chuckle warmly and it just fades away. And that was supposed to be some sort of in- good conversation. That's true. And uh, Teresa pa- Palmer. Palmer. She's often, like, I often think of her as the actress who is not Amber Heard. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Very insulting to her. Um, <laughs> well, they, they're like... I have Amber heard of that person, but well, not... Well, they're, they're same age. See, uh, I told you I was going to w- keep doing it. Look kind of similar in similar roles. And mm. so I just, yeah. I'm, I'm just like, wait. So Teresa Palmer is the, is the one that is not Amber Heard. I'm just fucking yeah. with you, too. I have no idea who Teresa Palmer is. Uh, <laughs> but she, but it, she doesn't have schizo- like burgeoning schizophrenia. She has magic powers. Clairvoyance. She has uh, doomsday clairvoyance because she looked at a guitar pick one time and it was jiggly. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what when, the fuck was that? When it was doing that, when <laughs> she saw sucks. When she saw images in the guitar pick, and this is also this is in the <laughs> not images. Anyway. It just wiggles. Can I just say no, one no, no, more? no, no, no? There was an image in the guitar pick. What image? Wait, what image? It it it, it was like the, it. Oh my god! What, there was yeah, some, what was it? There was some sort of video like forming. It looked like actually looked like there was something superimposed within. Oh the guitar shit! No. <laughs> but, okay, but either it well, was it, just shimmery. But let me put it this way. Yeah. So this is in the first fifteen minutes. In the first fifteen minutes, like half of it is just news broadcast that seems super fake. <laughs> also, this movie uses in those news broadcasts and just like at other points a ton of stock footage, just like shots of. Bit, like packed freeways and stuff like that. Shutterstock.com. So, yeah, so, okay, yeah. with all the bad fake news broadcasts, yeah. all the stock footage, and then someone seeing like visions in a guitar pick, this felt to me like a Neil Breen movie. Which That's, is yes, not a compliment. So, no, imagine <laughs> if a Neil Breen movie, also, imagine if it had all the ineptitude of a Neil Breen movie and none of the funniness or. I mean, Neil it's, Breen it, movies are more exciting than this. Yeah, well, it's not as inept. <laughs> this movie's as so in, boring. I mean, it's more competent than a Neil Breen movie, yeah. but it reminded me of a Neil Breen movie. I just like the idea of like they were, they're like, she's a clairvoyant. Like we never really showed that. Like, what's the uh, SFX budget? The what, like, what can we like manipulate? And they're like, like maybe like this much, and they like showed a little space. And we have a budget for like this much, and like that's ah, like a guitar pick sized amount of <laughs> amount of space that can be. <laughs> and then he just writes in. He's like, I can make it jiggle on a guitar, and then it's like, let's go to the shop. Yeah, but I'm this is go the, the problem shop. is that like we can pay one After Effects animator one hour. Yeah, like twenty five dollars, <laughs> like a favor. And so I'm just like, but then I was like, is it some sort of. Are we trying to? Are they trying to allude to another weird link between like the creative energies of a of a musician and and 
and like there's a lot of uh there's a lot of like pro natalism like kind of like breeding no breeding no, is no, emphasized no. a lot like yeah yeah making babies making babies like new, the perpetuation of babies. life yeah also i realized that very like hetero heteronormative kind of like sense of it too in the movie but like it's it which make i guess it makes sense like it's on a ad, yeah good but, christian movie i also realized yeah. that that as we is it like i don't know but as we're explaining <laughs> like the, the connections between the characters there are, just grasping there are the elements there like if i just think of our listeners like who have definitely not watched this movie elements that uh, of the story that we're talking about almost sound more exciting than they are like the whole thing with like Frank Langella actually partly being responsible for the outbreak of this and being connected to other people you could see if this were a thriller like contagion like that being discovered by some that being like yeah. his dark secret and it's discovered but then it, because of it, he knows about how it was created he actually will have information about how to survive it right but that isn't everything case. plays out in the most boring and like oblique way possible it's it, it's it's really not about this outbreak or virus at all no 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 it's about three couples and how much they and love each their other. relationship troubles woes and good times and they're kind of just sucks. it sucks they're just what what it actually boils down to is they're kind of just like doing boring couple shit in a loosely connected way in the midst of this context that is way more interesting and almost never gets any play except maybe for like the elderly couple like the Franklin Jella you know like but they're just kind of wandering around while like the 20 extras they paid for the entire movie sort of lay in different scenes there's a on scene, the ground there's a scene where like Alexis Bledel gets sick and she's just walking around the hospital and then she kind of <laughs> stops and then slowly just Lays, lays down, down on the floor, and I was like, "With that, that's what this is." That's her like, death scene. She's yeah. not. She, you can't put like a little bit of fake blood in her mouth for her to like. They cough did it up. They did it for the kid. The, yeah. on the bench. Okay, that's but a, then his dad just runs from a thousand feet away <laughs> and just like flying punches that Josh Hartnett. In that the, scene is so weird. He's like, "Hey, all right, let's talk about that scene because that scene is funny. Let's that scene, talk about so it." So Josh Hartnett. <laughs> Is running home because I think he's catching wise to the fact that and there's something his wrong Jeep going ran on out because of, of the war. He was playing basketball with his friend, yeah. and then he, when he was done with that, he picked up his cell phone and then saw that he had a voicemail from his wife yeah. because her building was being evacuated. Yes, and she was like, "Hey, go home. There's like, and look at the news." Also, can I just say one thing about this? Sure. This is clearly a movie that was written in like 2007 or eight. Yeah, because people take a really long time to learn about... They're still, like, getting all their info from, like, watching the TV news. I'm like, yeah. no, with, like, social media, everyone would know about this stuff instantly. In a, in a millisecond, true. yeah. yeah. True. It takes them way too long to realize what's going on, or often they just don't know what's going on, or they'll be like, oh, wait. Like, uh, like, like, like Teresa Palmer's watching news on her laptop, and Penn Badgley has no idea... That there is any of this stuff going on well, for the dude, so long. The dudes in this well, movie are kind of annoying. Because annoying, like the two dudes are both artists, like kind of like layabout artists, and like yep. I didn't really get that Josh Hartnett like had depression or anything like that. He just seemed kind of like down and out. There's a like bit. one scene where he mentions being a writer and that he's like stuck or whatever. Right, and it's the most hackneyed bullshit dialogue of well, ever he's heard. down and out and he confides in his sister that he's been brooding over some existential questions yeah but about did you life. hear what he says yeah he says yeah. like sometimes you just think about like why are we here like i'm walking to work and i'm like what if we just didn't go to work and then like society what if like 
Everyone just stopped doing it and asked themselves <laughs> why. What? Did, why are we the only animals that know we're going to die? And like, what's the right thing to do? Yeah, and she says, those are all questions that are fine to ask yourself when you're eight years old. And then he goes, but why do we stop at eight? We lost, Why do we never keep asking ourselves this question about why we're here? These awesome questions. We lost our sense of wonder. And uh, this movie doesn't know what it means or wants to say. It doesn't have a message except this, again, just like such a limp, just... Like, not even because it undercuts it with the like, by trying to show like the darker side to what some people may do in this situation. Right, but there's also weird stuff like because again, this is all told out of order, which just is a hindrance to the movie. It does mm-hmm. not add anything to it. You, but it doesn't hurt it either. The fact no, that no, the no, no, out no, of no, order. It, it does, it does, it does, <laughs> it does. Because since I M H O. <laughs> it does not since it's out of order it's good conversation well because like if it had an easier timeline to track in terms okay. of the outbreak it you could i could see how a a non-linear timeline could work for a movie like this but whenever it would have some kind of flashback i it took me so long to try to place like where things occurred in the, in the timeline for the respective storyline that it was in, because it's like it's not just a nonlinear story; it is three nonlinear <laughs> stories all colliding on top of each other. And so you're trying, constantly trying to figure out, like, okay, wait, so like, is the outbreak like has it happened yet? Is it is it gonna happen? Is it like in the middle of happening? Like, where are we in relation to like the thing that is wiping out a lot of humanity? That's true. So the the, yeah. the clue they try and give. That uh, like unsuccessfully most of the time is the ironic juxtaposition of like the pre like the past couple and the present couple, right? And just like showing how they behaved and the and the sort of uh, genesis of their their troubles brewing versus what that makes them in the present timeline. Yeah, but it doesn't work. I mean, ways this movie could be better Uh, (laughs) have a linear timeline. If you want to do a non-linear timeline, just focus on one couple, not three, because three of them, honestly, like, having three doesn't add anything. It, it, it just means that we spend less time with each one. It, it adds to the metaphor, the, the limp metaphor of the movie, which is that it's supposed to show you a couple in its nascent stages when love is blossoming, a couple in its middle age stages yeah. where they're on the rocks, and a couple at old age with the whole... Length of what the is Josh Hartnett and Rosario Dawson are like four years older than Penn Badgley and Teresa Palmer. <laughs> it is like, like thinking about their ages. It is not like like hire someone in their forties. Don't hire think people of, who are like thirty one. Pat, maybe you're not get getting Ethan it. Think Hawk. of this. Think of this riddle. <laughs> what has four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, and three legs in the evening? And now is it a good movie? <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so what you're man, saying is, is the answer, man. <laughs> and so that's a man. So what it you're man. So what you're saying is, Penn Badgley and Teresa is a Palmer. big old dick. <laughs> when you're old and it's saggy all the way to the ground, that's it's so happens. hard and supports you. Your dick yeah. just grows two extra feet. Wouldn't when that be you're crazy if your dick just kept growing? <laughs> like, like your ears, nails. Your like you'd have to clip it or something. <laughs> you're like. <laughs> There's an idea. Anyway, I'm so I'd rather talk about that hypothetical a story than in an this alternate movie. universe where just dicks just never stop growing. Yeah, and it's like kind of a problem. it's like the bus that couldn't slow down, the dick that wouldn't <laughs> the stop bus growing, that couldn't slow down. <laughs> More like it. 
Justin makes me Hell feel yeah. good. Shock jocks. Hey, yeah. it's Matt Dog and Jake J Ro- Jelly Roll Torpy. <laughs> By the way, Jelly Roll. I am Jacob the Drifter Torpy Matt. Oh. Okay, we talked about this already. Jable the J Bone Jelly Roll. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have a nickname. And Jake Jelly Roll. Thick Pwillums. <laughs> <laughs> by your own christening. And so, by the way, the bus that couldn't slow down for our younger listeners uh, is, is a quote from the, the Simpsons episode, The Springfield Files. An all-time classic is when Homer Simpson is trying to remember the name of the movie Speed. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Uh, but, but yeah, but so... I was gonna say like what you're saying is so uh so really what should be happening is that instead of having uh Penn Badgley and Teresa Palmer being people in their twenties, yeah. they should be teenagers, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, like young like, he's twenty like a high school romance. He's twenty two in the movie, and I think she's the same age. Right? Yeah. They're in both the, very or, young. or like they, they met when they were twenty two, but we don't know how long they've been together. That's true. Maybe they're like that's 20, true. But th- that's the thing. It's like there is not nearly a big enough age difference between them and Josh and Rosario Dawson. I thought there was like a 10-year age difference. No, there, Josh, there is, but Josh Hardin and Rosario Dawson look too good for it to be clear, their age difference, you know? Right, and also, I mean, Franklin Joel is not hot. Get a hot guy in there. Who would be a hot, older guy? Paul Newman get? was dead, probably. <laughs> Paul Newman was dead. But he would have been the hottest old guy. That's true. Wait, Robert Redford. Hell yeah! With his he's really well, all, and his hair that's never changed. I disagree with the. He's got that like California like shoe leather skin now. His hair looks great, but like he does look like you could skin him for bag material. So, 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 so guys, hottest hottest old man. His hair would be an expensive. Hottest prize. old man. Hottest old man. Richard Gere's Ooh. looking a little. No, he's a good he's a good candidate. Honestly, you know who was really hot old man? R.I.P. Anthony Bourdain. You see his shredded ass abs. Yeah, he, he had he had a good body. He was sixty two, sixty one. Right, he, but but that's sixties. We're talking seventy and up. Well, we didn't say what. Yeah, okay, okay. Seventies. So okay, talking 70 older than our parents. Ooh, ooh. Hmm. Burt Reynolds wasn't bad looking. No. R.I.P. Yeah, but also he was one. pretty good looking. I cannot see Burt Reynolds in this movie. No. Like him, no, the Franklin Joel Roll. Well, I didn't know we were talking about that. Now I thought we were just talking about hot old men. Okay, yeah, oh, fuck, but this like, is such a good. But hot old men who could work in this movie. Oh man! All right, so now oh, we're wait, really okay, narrowing so, it so down. So, like, top five hottest old male actors. We're talking gilfs. We're talking grandpas. <laughs> I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to French. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <sighs> old guys. Eighty, eighty, eighty. Uh. Alan Arkin's got a charm. Alan Arkin's got something going on for him. Kind of like, oh, honestly, um, let's let's talk. Let's wait, talk uh, all of just getting started. No, no, no. Let's no. talk uh, Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine's got a charm. Yeah. yeah. What's it all about, Alfie? He's got sort of that uh, that Harry Brown charm. Yeah, I could see Michael Caine in that Frank Franklin. I'm gonna role. give you a yeah. kiss now. <laughs> Pushing that wheelchair. Also, so wait, why do they go to the hospital at that one point? Like early on, because a lot of the well, oh Samuel L. Jackson looks great, and he's close to seventy, isn't no, he? No, he's he's. I think I'm pretty sure he's past seventy. He's like seventy one or two, and he, you would not be able to tell. Yeah. So um, maybe Samuel maybe Jackson, Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson is sixty nine. Nice. <laughs> Saucy age. <laughs> David Bowie looked pretty good for sixty nine. Oh yeah, yeah. David Bowie uh, aged pretty pretty well. Um, he aged great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He put us all to shame. This is fascinating. We'll think about this later, though. Exactly. Uh, anyway, but 
David important. Bowie and Helen Mirren. But the <sighs> Helen Mirren. Now yeah. we're talking. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, right. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Matt Dog <laughs> and Jelly Roll Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Mirren. <laughs> Jake, you are a married man, <laughs> and yet you covet this older woman. <laughs> I have lost it in my heart. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, fun fact: who's who's that quote from? I don't know. Lost it in my heart. That is uh, former President uh, Jimmy Carter. Fucking nerd. <laughs> Were you some sort of president hey. nerd? Some sort of president dork? <laughs> no, he did a, a Playboy interview, and they tried to get him to like appeal to the American yeah. public because he reading, was too. You're reading Playboy now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck, man. Oh. Is this being recorded? The bus that <laughs> wouldn't slow down. <laughs> Jimmy Fuck. Carter was like, well, you know, I'm a peanut farmer or whatever. Peanut, and they were like, no, 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 we're Playboy. We need you guys, we need you to like relate to like the all-American man. Yeah, and he was like, well, <laughs> I'm making it sound like Jimmy Stewart. I have lusted in my heart before. And people are like, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds We awful. don't like you anymore. Uh, Anyways. He should have said he, well, like, there should have been like, so, so Jimmy, when you crank your hog, <laughs> like, who do you think about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my peanut farm. <laughs> so, this is all a long way of saying nonlinear timeline <laughs> pointless. Uh, yeah, like all this, like the the three couples unnecessary. Yeah, shouldn't have done that. I don't mind the different stage couples. They should have been cast differently, more radically. Potentially not cast differently, but like the age difference, maybe uh, you know, yeah, same difference, right? Also, like, just have more of a story <laughs> just going on. Well, the, we're talking, um, we're making moot points about a, a movie that just is bad and right. like is barely a movie. Yeah, like <laughs> so usually barely qualified. Usually, I'll, I'll come in with some sort of like thoughts about how to fix something. Like, yeah. okay, like it just uh, like ended. Like, cut this stuff. Yeah. Like, at, do more of this. Focus on this. Structure it this way. With this, I'm just like, maybe just don't make this because this is just kind of like, what if Contagion sucked? <laughs> hey, what if you ripped the skeleton out of Contagion? This is Contagion, with, but with the emotional and spiritual impact of like a seven pounds or something. It's great. <laughs> Lest we forget Jake Torpey. <laughs> World's number one seven pounds fan. The only thing this movie was missing was a jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> a jellyfish in a tub. You know what? Okay. Nebato. One. <laughs> <laughs> My other favorite movie. That's just the word bad tub. Uh, one thing I will say for this movie. I thought Josh was pretty good with what he was given. I actually enjoyed his scenes more than almost anyone else's. Yeah. Well, he's a good actor. <laughs> yeah, but... He, I he, mean that. For he's, real, and, and he's yeah. for real a but really good actor. Josh is... He is a good actor who is yes. often not cast in roles that allow... That that, that take advantage of his skill set and attributes. Right. As I've said, eight thousand times on this podcast. It is frustrating. Like It's the theme of the podcast, yeah, honestly, right. at this point. And... This is also not much of a role, but it just so happens that he, I mean, not that he has good material at all, but he does the best that can be done with it. And I found just, I just found his scenes more like the, the dumb basketball scene with his friend. I was like, or like the scene where he tries to help a kid and then the kid's 
Oh, Lunatic. we were going to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no. Jake, you were going to describe the scene where, where this, yeah. this random kid's dad beats the shit out of it John. It was like the Monty wow, we Python got so scene. so sidetracked from that. When he's storming um, the castle gate. Like, it's just like he's running from so far so, away. So Josh is, Josh hey, is rushing wait, home. That was a scene that we, we used to reference a lot, and we haven't referenced it in months. See? It's been months. <laughs> I brought it, <laughs> I'll I brought it, it back, back to though. the tale of Sir Lancelot. <laughs> yes. Oh, goddamn. That movie's so good. Um... So Josh is running home because Rosario Dawson's like, get home. The war. Pathogens. <laughs> what is and it? He's the like, war? What's happening? The, uh, Why the, they the just conflict like, in the Middle East? Like, just, just fucking no, say specific. like, yeah. like some, look, okay, possible solutions. Make up a Middle Eastern country. Yeah. You could just do that. The war in Krakosia like, or whatever. Sure. Right. Exactly. Where's Borat from? Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Oh, that's, that's really a real place. place. I like, thought it was from a made up yeah. place. Krakosia. Uh, uh, what was it? Um, Sokovia. Sokovia. Uh, that's just from the Marvel movies. Just like any, like any of these, like just like fake. Uh, I, I can't remember the, the uh, what's the the Middle Eastern country that the Black Adam is from in the DC universe. I'm blanking. Just on it. just say a real country. Just but be like, like Iran. Or, it's yeah, not a big what's deal. that made up country in Dilbert where they go to sometimes oh, where everyone's oh, everybody's like, in waist deep in mud and they. I don't remember. All right. Um. And so he's running home, and while he's running home, he cuts through a field, and there's a little boy who's sitting, trembling, with blood pouring out of his mouth at, on a picnic table. And Josh rushes up to him, and he's like, are you okay? Oh, oh my well, God, what's going on? The, the kid looks sick. The like kid doesn't have blood pouring out of his mouth yet. First, right. he just like he's holding his, his, his stomach. stomach and being like, my tummy hurts. And <laughs> also, the, horrible line delivery. Even the kids sucked. Yes. My tummy. And, the, and then Josh is like, are you, <laughs> then just like puts his hand on his back, and they're like, are, are, are you okay? And Where's then, your parents? And then the kid coughs up some blood. Yeah. And then Some blood that they apparently they had one blood packet and they could not afford any for <laughs> Alexis Bledel, who is their much higher build star. More like Alexis Bledel. Oh, you showed her, huh? Um, I'm going to keep doing it. And so, Matt, Matt, this is why we have you on the podcast. Yeah, this because is, this is my contribution. Alexis Bledel. Blood Jake and I can never provide that level of wit. Yeah, as the bubbles of the group, I can't think of that sort of stuff. No, you can just talk. It's to too squirrels. gruesome. I can talk about love though, and squirrels. Um, so he's so running really, up and rubbing the kid's back. The kid throws up blood. Josh is like, where are your parents? Well, their parents are behind them, <laughs> sprinting at full speed it's just towards the dad. Josh. It's just the dad. And the dad and this is, is like a picnic running. table in a field. Yeah. And the dad is very far away from it. And probably drunk. And he's like, hey, what are you doing with my kid? Josh turns around. He's extremely far away. He's running at top speed. So... Josh Hardit has time to say, hey, wait, stop, hey, wait, don't, wait, hey, stop. Let me explain hey, myself. Man, this is not it. And he's still running at him. Yeah. And then he just literally runs up the picnic <laughs> table and does like a rain of fire. <laughs> like, like Agent Cody Banks punch to his face. <laughs> Agent Cody Banks. And, uh, Cody Banks and uh, they fight for an awkward amount of time. And then it just kind of. Josh has no time to explain himself. He never, he doesn't even explain himself. Yeah. Eventually they just kind of stop and he just says, look after your kid. <laughs> God damn. And, and then he goes <laughs> and then he just leaves. And it's like, why did that scene even fucking happen? And what I thought might be happening here, I was like, oh, is this a part of this virus? Yeah, we were going to get a rage sim- yeah, symptom. Yeah, is this like 28 days later where, yeah. where people just become really angry and violent? Oh. And that's what's causing this guy to just attack Josh violently you know and sprint at him. Right, like he's like a, a like a Dawn of the Dead remake zombie. Ooh. No. Sprinting zombies, not projectile vomit blood. You know what would have been a cooler? great way for this scene to play out? Tell us. Josh is fighting with the dad. 
he's winning at first, and then the dad throws him onto the ground and starts pummeling his face. And you think Josh is going to get beaten to death? <coughs> the kid who's been standing and watching by is now fully consumed by the rage pathogen. And so as the dad's about to beat Josh nearly to death, suddenly you see him pause and start trembling. And then his own son's face rips out of his stomach. Keep going. And is grinning totally like the devil himself. Blood running through his eyes, which are now totally black. And then he throws up pure... Neon green bile all yes. over onto Josh's yes. sweatshirt. Wait, wait. wait uh, <laughs> As the dad also fountains blood what, what if it's out just of black? his mouth. What if it's just black? Black bile. No, I like glo- neon green. <laughs> I like, because then, and then, like, we can have, like, an 80s style, just, like, gross wait, wait, out wait, movie. Where it's nighttime, and then there's, like, black lights. Yeah. yeah you know, like the, like, the gangs in the Schumacher Batman movies, mm-hmm. where everything is just, like, this, like, day-glow neon. Or, atta- <laughs> or the Attack the Block aliens, like, teeth. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. And then Josh runs home, away from this kid who he manages to lose, covered in blood from the kid's dad and green bile from the kid himself. And then oh, he goes doing... and meets Rosario Dawson. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he so, looks like he went to a Guar concert. Concert. So... <laughs> Guarsert, a Guarsert. So hey, uh, Brian Horiuchi, we fixed your movie <laughs> that came out four years ago. Uh, make it a zombie movie. Yeah. And as much as zombies are overplayed, they you can still find new angles on them. And uh, like, yes. look, what I'm always pulling for is it's sort of like bait and switch type thing. As much as we said this movie was kind of a bait and switch where it's like it's an outbreak movie, but really it's just people talking about feelings. <laughs> but yeah. But if this w- seemed like oh. It's an indie movie with people talking about feelings, but it's actually a movie about a rage virus that makes <laughs> children tear their fathers apart. <laughs> yes. That, that is something that, like, once a, a short film that I made in 2005, uh, w- which uh, we thought we were very clever, we made a movie that began as a romantic comedy and then suddenly halfway through turned into just, like, an Evil Dead ripoff. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm still like... You know, I want to see that done for real. That would be cool. Yeah, you know what I that could be like called that, yeah. is uh, the Oedipus Complex. Ooh. And then it could be something where, like, yeah, all the children get a rage virus where they <laughs> murder their respective same-sex parent and then try and have sex with their oh other parent. <laughs> and it's just disgusting. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It would yeah. Be where good. are both of your morals? <laughs> And, um, we don't have them, Jake. We don't know what love is. We don't appreciate you appreciating this movie. I want to know what love is. Look, Sorry. there no. is a, like, <laughs> Matt and I are just. I only listen to Iced no. Earth and uh, other. And some... Matt and I are just pulling for like a, a full like nihilistic strain to all these films. We're just like, no, we want full on despair. We want everyone to die. Mm-hmm. We want no, like no happiness. Can I go through these couple's supposed thematic flaws? Okay. Please. I don't Please. know. I don't. I didn't. I didn't really think this through after saying that. <laughs> but so the young couple, it's more just like because we have to impress this upon everyone because we've been trying to make it fun by describing better movies, emphasizing the stuff that is cool, like sickness and whatever. But Darkness. it's mostly about stupid, boring couples that aren't really endearing uh, and are just annoying to watch. So the young couple. They, they're just a young couple, and the guy is like a shiftless musician with a trust fund or and rich benefactor grandparents. And can I just say, 
even though I don't even really like it, one of the only close to interesting filmmaking choices the movie makes is that often music will will happen that sounds like the score for the film. Right. And then you see that it's actually diegetic and being played by Penn Badgley. Right. And just having that, like, the score be actually coming from the scenes... It seems more competent than this movie has right. shown otherwise. Th- that is like the only close to interesting filmmaking choice that I can think of in the whole movie. Also, did you even hear like audio issues? Like I didn't. Changes in sound quality in dialogue scenes? No, I rented this movie on Amazon Prime Video, uh-huh. which is a really reliable company and service for watching films. I paid three ninety nine to hint, rent it hint. in HD. Give us a sponsorship. And uh, Jeff Bezos, yeah. Bezos baby. I will say, like, we know the, you got the, that cheddar. The majority of the movies, movies we've watched, I have rented on Amazon. But, uh, but no, the audio playing through our five channel speaker setup that we have in our living room. Wow, brag a bunch. I watched it today. That speaker system was given to me by a friend for free, and it sounded nice. great. Am I great? I mean, it was fine. Okay. It just was not. I don't think this movie was meant to necessarily be played on Dolby 5.1. No. Surround sound. Guys, you don't Get your subwoofers out. Buy this movie on Blu-ray. Parts per billion. Yeah. Buy this movie on 4K UHD. (laughs) 0.1 is a subwoofer. Uh, No, okay, so it's just boring. It's just the young couple is just young, and... uh, the young the the main woman she might be insane but she's actually and that, that the whole, biggest twist of the whole movie that whole thing is so half baked and adds nothing and that's the, how the movie ends the movie ends with one of her visions of the girl of, finding her ring no 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 it doesn't end with a vision it ends with the future right that's but it's her vision of the future no she's dead though bro did, she's dead at the did end she of that die movie. yeah. Her and her boyfriend both die. Oh, right. In bed, on top of each other. They are having had sex, like, immediately before. Yeah, they are dead. Like, their their eyes are open, their skin is whiter than usual. Do you know what I thought was was that they were thinking about, suddenly they were thinking about the implications of having a child, and they were both laying there like, <laughs> like fuck. Like borderline comatose? Wait, yeah. on top of each I, other? I did not know they were dead. <laughs> see, well, see, I feel like a dummy because I didn't realize that those visions were of people in the future, like after. Well, that's the, the thing. You're supposed to be confused that it's her as a child. Yes. I thought, I thought that that's what it was for a while. This is why this movie's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just didn't understand Yeah, it. you guys didn't get it. So the movie yeah. plays this whole, like, M. Night Shyamalan twist where you see this girl's visions throughout the entire movie and you think oh it's her as a young girl and she's envisioning this sort of strange post-apocalyptic scenario in her own mind you find out that whatever she's thinking of is actually the real life future Whoa! post-pandemic when this young girl uh, runs through a field where light is apparently more majestic than it usually is, and, and trees are and now closer to Avatar style. And the colors are more saturated, yeah. while in the present, the colors are desaturated. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. So the saturation is love. So, And then the girl goes to a woman, an unnamed woman. Now, we're talking about the end of the movie, just for clarification. And so this young girl runs to this woman, and she f- she's found something, and she shows it to the woman, and it's the engagement ring that... Um, Miss Palmer and Mr. Penn Badgley, uh, what Penn Badgley gives to Teresa Palmer when he proposes to her. Right. And it's supposed to show <laughs> the enduring 
Power of love. <laughs> it's beautiful. Diamonds are forever. <laughs> so is love, I suppose. And look, hey, it's a hopeful note. Humanity survives. Or some form of humanity. And everybody All of a in the sudden future... she just has like a huge mouth that just opens up where they're like mutants. <laughs> like a predator. Yeah, she's just a super predator. <laughs> and all guitar picks in the future shimmer and shine. Yeah. So they're, but okay. That's, they're like the young couple that are truly in love. It's like the purity of love, right? Pen Badgley. Badge Penley. Badgley is a little. He's a little uh, unsure. It seems like at first he has that doofus friend in the catering <laughs> job with like the monkeys era mop top haircut. You know what? I wish the whole movie was just them working catering jobs. I know. And he's like, dude, there's like billions of women. And it's like, what are you going to like? You're going to like be in the same poon all your life? Or are you going to like. Get out there, man! Like you just met her when you were twenty-two. Yeah, he was real. He's like really down yeah. on the on like his expressed desire to marry to like marriage is just girl. and they're it's catering a party for Rosario Dawson's law firm, and she and Josh are having a bit of a tiff. Mm-hmm. Because there. there's some guy with really nice hair who I guess has just has a crush on Rosario Dawson. Or they might have yeah. had. I thought they might have had an affair. No, they didn't. Because remember, Rosario Dawson specifically says, and she could be lying, but you know, I'm not going to go there. Uh, that they never did. She nothing. never. She never did. She never. He never even touched her. But she admits all this at. <laughs> A stupid fucking weird time. She should have just kept it to herself. Yeah. Or just who cares at that point well, when the I'm world's saying. dying? Well, it's just like ugh, they're in a basement. They're like 200 million people are are dead in Europe. Let's kill ourselves. And then she's like, also like, don't be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> like they literally have a conversation about how the end of the world is happening, and they maybe want to go. She wants to kill herself or something. Right, because she doesn't want to face. She also, doesn't face it. And then she's like, a dead also, world. Like, Brad at my office, like he had a crush on me, and like I might have led him on just because like I was a little bit bored and I felt a little stale in our relationship, and I was like maybe wanted to feel good about myself, like in a way that like you aren't offering at the time where you were kind of like distant and like not available, <laughs> and like he was just really complimenting me and my work, which you don't even really pay attention to or like, and so like I maybe like made it seem like it could happen, <laughs> it never did, <clears throat> but. Like, you know, I just wanted to tell you that. So I'm gonna eat this chocolate bar, and then I'm gonna, gonna breathe, myself. and then I'm gonna breathe in the fumes and die. Uh, so it was a good time for me to say all that. By we want to get everything off your chest, you know. Can I say a couple? So when you're judged, things about that. Gates. Sure. Okay. So first of all, when. Rosario Dawson and Josh are in the basement together. They, they've like sealed up with like, like with uh, like plastic lining like all like the 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 openings to their home they've done this pretty professionally right and they're in the basement and it seems like they keep wanting to like move up the day by which where they'll go out and explore where it's like so like eight days eight days which is what like the cdc said right but then it's like Let's go in like five days. Let's let's like yeah. go like go outside. Like I bet it'll be okay. At first it was Josh who's but, like Yeah, and he's like, like what about six days? Like, Who gives a fuck? Right. <laughs> like how about in three days we'll go. And it seems like they seem so cavalier about just like like whatever. I bet I bet it'll be fine then. Right. It's like, guys, consider that there's like this pathogen killing countless people. 
Spending a week in your basement isn't that bad. Especially yeah. if you got the food for it, which he's like, maybe we have eight days, but definitely seven. Well, you know what's so funny? So say seven days. You know what's funny, though, is like, maybe just we'll just stay three more days, like six days, who knows? which means they were only down there for three days. Right. And she's already like freaking out. That's she's like, yes. I want to die. It's so little time. <laughs> like, it's not like they were, they've been down there for a month. I can't and then. <gasps> Like, if they were down there for a month, then it, it might feel a bit more natural for these, like, buried feelings to, like, come up and stuff like that. Cause, like, the, right. And, but and the it, delirium. Like it's the, just a few days. Like, 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 just read days. a book, guys. <laughs> yeah, why don't you be more like Palmer and... and, and uh, Badgley. Badgley. But also, and read some goddamn soap some bottles. Stupid the, poetry to okay, each other. I want to talk about the, so dumb. I want to talk about the first scene with, with Rosario Dawson. The yeah. one where she is at in like the boardroom, right? Recounting the story of a successful trial. It seems right. She won Franklin Jell the case, but the way she's telling the story and just like like reciting what everyone said. Is so weird, and it's like I can't remember the exact lines, but I remember just I like, even pay like what is going on in the scene. And then another thing about the scene, this is not even really like a problem, but I kept note, I kept thinking about it, and so this is just on me. There are bottles of champagne right. on the table, and everyone in front of them has a little translucent plastic cup mm-hmm. with champagne. Yeah, but it looks like cups of pee. <laughs> Maybe it is. They're having a and piss party because, well, you also you don't. It's time no- for our golden shower water 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 sports event. I didn't know Trump steps in in the background. <laughs> Heard we, we were having a piss here. party. I didn't notice the champagne Count bottles for a while, and so I was just like, "What is in the cups that they have?" It and seems then, like it, 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 like it would be natural for it to be water, but but it's like it's like kind of yellowish. And uh, it's Mott's apple juice, but like yeah, it's only sparkling apple. It juice. seems like she's just telling a story, and she's telling it in a very weird way. Yeah, well, and, it's supposed um, to be like cheeky pride, where she's like proudly like giving her like kind of like I don't know cocky spin on the blow by blow of the victory in court, and then right. the dumb guy with the bouffant hair who wants to fuck her is like. And you won the case, huh? <laughs> and then they all before they even get to take one sip, this weird frumpy lady comes in the office. And she's like, "They're evacuating the building," <laughs> <laughs> and, and she, then she just tur- spins on her heel and just leaves. I'm like, "What a weird extra!" God forbid she say like, "What is happening? Why they're evacuating? They're ev- <laughs> like, why they're evacuating? Like, maybe add some urgency to things." Nope, we just want a long scene in an elevator. I just laughed at that. Yeah, where the guy, again, the guy is so petulant. So, like, they have to evacuate the building for an unspecified emergency. There's a re- long-ass elevator ride, and he's like, so, like, like, so, like, what's the deal? And she's like, it's just not going to happen. He's like, fine. <laughs> Maybe if wow. we met, like, at a, a different time in our lives, but no. And then, and then he's like, wouldn't this be, like, crazy if this was, like, how the world ended? <laughs> And then that scene's over. Oh. Well, no, he says something that's very clever. <laughs> Does he? He says, "Tell us, Jake. Isn't this interesting? How uh, this would be the first time ever when you felt like the world was going to end, and the saying is actually, actually true. Was. Whoa, it was literally true. Get it? Wake up, <clears throat> because sheeple. you know maybe it actually is happening. You know how for the almost the entirety of my existence, from like the earth, from like nine eleven onward, everything has been 
the end is nigh alarmism. Uh, well, the world is warming. Ah, yeah. Shit. Inevitably. Well, here's the thing. Wait, can I ask him one more question, though? Sorry, Jake. Shoot. But I don't... Um, like you. <laughs> I don't uh, respect your <laughs> opinions. <laughs> this is just one final observation that's very mm-hmm. that made me laugh. Uh, Rosario Dawson and Josh get in a fight at the party. Yeah. Because that guy is just staring daggers at Josh. Mm-hmm. So it is a legit complaint on Josh's part, but he's also overreacting. Yeah. So they go out and they have some stupid argument where it's like, baby, 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 I just love you. I just love you. Cut to the morning. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say. They are fucking. <laughs> yeah. In a, in I the, forgot about in this. In a public park in the Middle broad, of Detroit, yes. broad downtown daylight, Detroit. downtown Detroit in broad daylight. Side they note, are this, disgusting. This, this is in D- Detroit. Okay, degenerate. Now, okay, fucking. Their clothes are totally on. They're just yeah, but it's they're like. Ugh, uh. <laughs> like but also, she's just not like butt naked. But, no, but they're fucking. She's in a white dress, and I, at first I thought it was their wedding day. But then you pull back, and he's just in like a sweater and and pants. Yeah, and he's making funny noises. It's, okay, that that was a weird scene. Can I, I like, further that it's scene? It's midday. Though? Yeah. You know what else was funny about that scene? Huh. So they're just having sex in a public park, fully clothed. So Josh clearly just has his wiener poking through <laughs> his fly. Yeah. Right. She she's just like got a dress on, so it's all going on under the dress. <laughs> Thank Sorry. you, Jake, for explaining how clothes were. So I just Jake. need the listeners to be able to visualize. <laughs> no, no, no. But what was funny? Wait, wait. If, in case you were wondering. Uh, well, this is the mildest R-rated film of all time, at least since The Lovers. <laughs> uh, there is zero nudity. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No nudity, even in the sex scene. Well, the I don't know. I mean, like no the like, younger nudity, but the, the younger, younger couple gets more naked. The last sex scene yeah, no, is no, like no. more. It's in, they are naked in the context of the scene, but there is no nudity yeah, on yeah, screen. Yeah. Right, right. But right. they're just more like overtly fucking. Right, like I Pam Edgley has his shirt off. Right? Yeah. yeah, and his sneakers on. Um, <laughs> sorry. No. no, but what was funny about the Josh Hartnett Rosario Dawson thing is they, they are having sex and then they finish, but neither of them move. And then they continue to have a conversation. <laughs> I was like, luxuriated. Is, is his dick still in her the entire conversation? It's nice. I know, but like, that's so weird. It was one of the weirdest scenes I've ever seen. Wow. And this this maybe topped like I think I felt more weirdly about their love scene than I did with like the flower scene in Forty Days and Forty Nights. Wow, that wow, like interesting. That's, that's that saying a lot. Least... That made me yeah, because watching that alone in my room, laughing <laughs> and being aroused uh, was weird. Uh, it, sorry, so that scene was just silly. Anyways, that um, was so the only sweet relationship is Frank Langella and uh, well they have a yeah. Gina Rollins. And Gina, Gina Rollins. And yeah. most of their storyline is spent with him slowly pushing her yeah, wheelchair he's with great effort while they have their oxygen tanks hooked up. That's also, true. And he's responsible for all of it. And, and <laughs> there's two weird... So there's two weird parts where Frank Langella... <laughs> and go- he's just like, oh, shit, man. But there's two weird parts where Frank Langella goes from, like, zero to very angry very quickly. Yeah. Right. Like, one of them is early on when there's this really wide shot in the hospital where he's talking to Alexis Bledel, like, asking for help. And there's, like, chaos going on. People are just 
like doctors are sprinting through the hospital. Yeah, all five of the extras in that scene. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, <laughs> like patients are just laying on the floor. Like yeah. bad things are happening. But it's shot in this super wide shot where they are way back at the end, end of, of the hallway. Uh, you Like no close-ups at all. And then suddenly the movie cuts to a big close-up and he is yelling and grabbing her arm. It goes from like so wide and so distant to him suddenly like close, angry, and it's like it. And it's Franklin Jello, so his his like angry voice is really intimidating. Yeah, he's actually genuinely he's scary. Like, this is an emergency, <laughs> right? It's like he's his so Nixon low. voice. Yeah, it's really scary. And, but yeah, there's that, and then there's a point when in one of the flashbacks where Penn Badgley, he, like he gives Penn Badgley some, some <laughs> like like. A check, and he's like, "Here's some money." And then Pat Badger's like, "No, I'm not going to take it." And he rips it up, and then he's like, "Why would you do that? Take the money that I give you!" Like, and <laughs> yeah. he's like really mad at him. Why would you do that? <laughs> and and again, again, like he's a, a great actor, and uh, but the scene, but that was bad. The scene, the, well, <laughs> he's th- a good actor, but that was dumb. Yeah, and I think that's because like the, the he's sp- like, "What you don't like it? What do you think I'm some sort of war criminal? What well, fuck you? You can go fuck yourself." <laughs> right, and that's because it's a badly written movie and badly directed movie, right. and uh, yeah, <laughs> that's two strikes on Brian Horiuchi, who wrote and directed this film. Brian Yo, Horiuchi, dog, Horiuchi, this sucks. Who, whose main credit is a Gilios. a staff writer <laughs> on uh, on the CBS drama Seal Team, starring David Boreanaz, and we'll all know that and like that. The <laughs> According to IMDb, the sec- season two of SEAL Team debuts on Wednesday, October 3rd. So tune in for what that. What season? <laughs> two. <laughs> it only premiered a year ago. I know. It feels like it's been on forever. What the fuck do you care? <laughs> well, apparently there's a, new, there's a new CBS show, according to like ads in the subway, just called FBI. <laughs> so it's like, we don't need titles anymore. Like, we've got SEAL Team. Cop, FBI, <laughs> SEAL team, CIA, detective, Beatermaid, uh, uh, <laughs> friggin'. Uh, this is oh a God. good episode. This is I'm one of crying. our best episodes. But one thing that I wanted to bring up that we have I'm to talk about. I'm shaking right now. <laughs> so guys, stop talking uh, because I need to point podcast. out. So this is, this is the third film in which... Yes. Both Josh Hartnett and Rosario Dawson star. Uh. The first film was Sin City, in which they never are in the same scene. Right. Then there was Girl Walks Into a Bar, in which it looks like they're going to get together romantically. Mm. But then the movie ends. You threading a needle here? And then in this movie, they are <laughs> a married couple. Wow. This is the culmination of. Nine years of Josh Hartnett's films. Finally, he and Rosario are together. Son of United. This is Josh Hartnett and Rosario Dawson's before trilogy. It is. But not (laughs) only that. Not only that. All three of these movies have also co-starred Alexis Alexis Bledel. And in Sin City in 2005, she and Josh Hartnett share the final scene of the film set in a hospital. And in this movie, they are reunited, sharing a scene in a hospital. That's weird. It all comes full circle. It's like, this is the grand theory of Josh Hartnett's filmography. I have spent far too much time (laughs) watching his movies and thinking about his movies. I am grasping at straws. I'm trying to find any connections that I can. There's something here. There's something here. Trying to get a toehold on this T-O-E theory of everything. Exactly. But guys, I mean, it, it is like genuinely funny that these three actors have been in 
the three same movies together. It's it really, is really, really like, weird. They have not been in any other, like, you, there have no been no movies with, with like, Josh Hartnett and just, or sorry, Austin, or just Josh Hartnett. They have and to be just, just buds, split eh? out. Like, how did this happen? They yeah. must just be friends. It feels like a friends thing. Which, and and guys, <laughs> not there, the, yeah, there not are the three, there are three ways this, this question can be answered. First, Josh Hartnett, if you're listening, get on, on the pod, come on the podcast. Also, we won't ask again. Rosario Dawson, <laughs> if you are listening, uh, or if anyone listening knows Rosario Dawson, please reach out to her and tell her to come on the podcast. We are fans of her work. We would love to talk to her about many movies, but in particular, her three films with Josh Hartnett. Joshua. Also, if anyone knows Alexis Bledel, if anyone is like a crew member on The Handmaid's Tale, uh, if anyone worked on Gilmore Girls and just like still has her number or email address, reach out to her and be like, hey, Alexis, these three dudes. Alexis, do you feel like Rory is a good journalist? Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> do you think she should have stayed with Logan for all those years? Because I don't. Yeah, I sure don't. But those are just my feelings about this. But anyway, we really just want to talk to her about working with Josh Hartnett. Your so, JDH trilogy. So yeah, so really, we just, we look, these are people who have probably been in more movies with him than anybody else. Yeah, and, that might and, be true. And it's a really interesting set of films. As in, one was a big hit. And two, almost nobody has seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we look honestly. Like, if anyone's listening, has has ever? I mean, like the closest we've come is when we uh, we managed to reach out to my friend Justin, who at least worked with Josh Hartnett for one day on one movie. Yeah. And so we want to see if we can go further than that. Whoa. And if we can get more info from people who have worked with Josh, anyone who has co-starred with Josh. I mean, we might be hitting on something here. Can you imagine if? Somewhere down the road in the next two or three years, Josh is in another movie with Rosario Dawson oh and Alexis Bledel. Oh, my God. I'm going to flip. I'm going to f- go... I'm going to freak. I'm going to go ham. Well, th- there I'm is... I'm going to go Hulk. He I'm going to Hulk out. I'm going to ta- Taz out. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't Taz out. Yeah, I will. Then you lose all your clothes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, w- there is going to be jail. Another, There's going to be an, another connection <laughs> because an upcoming movie, Wild Horses, Josh co-stars with James Franco, who... I uh, directed Josh in one of his upcoming movies. So that's another reteaming thing. Yes, mm. The Long Home, yet yeah. to be released. Same thing, if anyone knows Robert Rodriguez, who has directed Josh multiple James times. James Franco. Um, <laughs> Tamsin Egerton. Look, guys, we'll, we'll take Duvall. anything. We have devoted months and months of our, our lives to talking about Josh Hartnett. We're approaching a year uh, from when I came up with the idea for this podcast. Fuck. So, <laughs> bah, dude. Oh, so damn, look, dude. we want closure. We want answers. We just want 90 minutes of Josh Hartnett's time here in Jake Torpy's living room. Oh, we want more. Jo- <laughs> Josh, we'll give you the good microphone. Yeah, we'll give you a really, really good mic. Does that sell it? Josh, we'll order Chinese food for you and give you some, like, not especially expensive... <laughs> expensive. expensive? Some not especially expensive whiskey. No, no, hey, hey, hey. No, this is nice. Look, if Josh actually comes on the podcast, I'm buying some good shit. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. We're getting really nice Dressed to the... Whiskey. We're gonna be all in tuxes. <laughs> <laughs> bow ties. No right... Bow tox. 
for our <laughs> lip filler. We're gonna look like the Bogdanov twins. Like it'll be difficult for us to speak and move. Oh, gosh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Let me drink this whiskey, and it just pours out of our mouths because we can't even. Move our lips our have just been freshly. Plastic surgery. Oh god! I'm not sure if this days. is our best episode or our worst. No, it's just silly. This movie is the worst. This is a bad <laughs> film, and it's also like the thing is this movie is incompetent in many ways, <laughs> but still does not reach the the level of like uh, moral outrage that Town and Country did. Yeah, Town and Country yeah. w- was both uh, a product <laughs> a product of ego. <laughs> And moral corruption. Just, like, excess and just profligacy and just, like... Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't get into... I mean... This movie has, like, a fundamentally sound... Like, a... What are you about to say? It has an honorable message. This is a more humble film. It has an honorable message, even if it fails at it. Right. And um, Town & Country has no such thing. Yeah, imagine if... It has this message that it wants to give. Imagine if you were running to give a message to somebody, and it's a good message, (laughs) but... You slip on a banana peel, and <laughs> and your you, arms and legs fall off, you, and you you break all all your limbs, and you smash your face into the concrete, and both your front teeth fly out on either side of your face, and you have a big hole, and you, <laughs> and okay. that's parts per billion. So that's parts also. Per Sorry, I'm just laughing still at the idea that we all get plastic surgery when Josh decides we all want to look so handsome for Josh. We have giant lips, big fake hair, (laughs) huge faces taut with Botox. It's like Christmas with the Cranks, a film I've never seen, but I remember in the trailer Tim Allen gets Botox. Just those weird muscles you can get by just injecting like gel into your. We all have have water muscles. (laughs) Well. Guys, Josh Hart is a very handsome man, and and if we, we don't get those surgery where we break our legs so we can regrow the bone and be like two <laughs> inches taller, taller, but we're all in traction because we did it didn't time it right. <laughs> so we just have morphine trips. Yeah, we're just in in, on like intense painkillers just with all this plastic surgery. Look, it's either that or feeling like pieces of shit sitting next to like like godlike beautiful Josh Hart. <laughs> There's no other way. There's another way. Oh. So this movie is about the uh, uh, about love and yeah, and and Jake's into that, and we're not. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, Pat. I, I interrupted you. She's though. lame, dude. Just no, it. no. The, the other really, really important thing I wanted to say about this film. Yes, if you're in so, love. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's making the rest of us feel bad. Uh, actually, whenever we talk about about our like anger about this like idea of love, uh, <laughs> do you guys? You heard of this? Hey, you guys, you heard of this? That's Jay Leno. Do you guys know the song Faster by Manic Street Preachers? No. One you're of the big... You sing a bit. Uh, do some lyrics. Well, one of the things is, the reason I bring it up is because the, mo- the song, it's one of the, the, the great songs from the, the Britpop era. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out in, I think, 94. But it opens with this, this audio quote, or like, like audio clipping from the film version of 1984 ah. that I... That I and I just keep thinking of that because the song begins with, I think it's William Hurt. Or no, no, no uh, Jonathan Hurt yeah. saying, I hate purity. I hate goodness. I don't want virtue to exist anywhere. I want everyone corrupt. Ooh. And I just, I just keep Is thinking. Is that a line from a film that he was in? Yeah, 1984. Yeah, 1984. Okay. Do you know what my counter to that would be? What? I'm just a traveler <laughs> searching for purity. For purity. And that's uh, The Saint. With Val Kilmer. With Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. 
Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. What's the name? What's the identity he's taken on? So, just like the artist. Someone, but it's like something the artist, like Sebastian the artist. <laughs> oh yeah, it's extremely like stupid. Guys, I uh, just Val, you doing uh, man? I'm pulling for you, bud. Look, uh, Matt and I both follow Val Kilmer on Instagram, yeah. and Val, we're pulling for you. We're glad that you you've recovered from uh, your your health issues, but we're and look. Top Gun 2 just got uh, pushed back a year. So, uh, hey, hopefully that all goes great. We're excited to see you in it. And Val, you were in that, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it quite, OPN, Onio Tricks Point Never music video. I think that's how you say it. Good stuff. Appreciate your taste. Guys, hmm. wait, does the thing that, that after Josh Hartnett we're covering Val Kilmer? That's not a bad idea. It's not, we Ooh. haven't even talked about it. Wow. We'll call it Valoric Intake. No. We'll workshop it. That's not bad for just a first pass. <laughs> Come on. That's because we're literally. Guys, we just call it our pal right. Val. Damn, that's good. Yeah, well, it's better because it's less mm. weird than yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> into. Or crazy for Kilmer. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, crazy with a K. Right, oh, right, yeah. like Crazy Cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you well, want to? I mean, Val Kilmer, uh, as someone who just watched Real Genius for the first time ever, oh, fucking great. And uh, yeah, he has a, a fascinating career. He made Top Secret. Remember when he made all the popcorn? All the pop. They destroyed a house with the popcorn. Oh, so what a genius! Yeah, and then he went from that, where he's just, it's like a goofy comedy, to Top Gun. Yeah, and then he was like, you know, ultra handsome movie star from then. And on. he's in one of Jake and I's favorite movies. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, he is in that movie. And also Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Which, Bang. I mean, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is such a tragedy in a way. Moreau. Because it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like well, <laughs> yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is like a masterpiece that should, I mean, like RDJ had his comeback, but it came, it should have come immediately after that. Because mm. that movie should have been a hit. But that should, movie also should have like relaunched Val Kilmer yeah. as a huge movie star. Big Gay Perry. God, Gay Perry is so good. So um, we clearly don't want to talk about the movie at hand. Should we just summarize no, no, wait, it and finish? Wait, no, no, oh, there, yeah. there was one thing I wanted to okay, say, and right. we went off on a long tangent. This is a movie where Josh Hartnett says the title. Oh, yeah. He Josh, asks about oh, it. If, yeah, if anyone was interested. Josh says parts per billion. 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 Billions. There's billions. Billions. Parts per billion. What's your favorite Showtime series? Mine's billions. <laughs> Should you call it Billion Cube? Okay, so little guy. Cube. Oh, nice. Still one. got it, man. I keep I, my brain cube. is uh, the synapses is a firing. Yeah. Also, listeners, uh, tell us what you think of this weird era of this podcast where you have not heard of any of the films we're discussing. Uh, we, also, this is which means the onus lies on us more as as people to be entertaining when there's no reference point. There's no for reference anyone. point to just enjoy innately, right? <laughs> But also, this episode, we did something different. We did not really go through the story the way that we usually do. Because, again, it's a nonlinear story it's that scattered. is all show. All, I can't talk. This nonlinear story is also all dumb and nonsense and boring. And it would not be interesting if we just went through it piece by piece because we would all fall asleep, like, mid-sentence. Yeah. yeah. Here you go. Everyone dies except for, I guess, some unspecified handful. And uh, everyone, they- in, everyone in, the, in the movie, love is good. Let's, I think. No, no, no let, let's leave it. Let's oh, leave it man, at I the last scene. Cause... <laughs> oh, come on, dude. <laughs> Dead. Um, no, no, no. Josh Hartnett and Rosario Dawson get the. If this movie has a climax to it, it they get the scene. The, 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 
Sex in the Park. Ah. Um, no, no. <laughs> um, they are in the basement, and Rosario Dawson has decided to go out because she just doesn't want to live anymore. She's like, look, if we it's try and survive, we're going to go out. It's been, it's been three days. I've had two granola bars. Um, I I'm done. Myself. Yeah. And so she's about to run out. And Josh, as much as we've been making fun of the dialogue in this movie... I want to talk about his acting. In the last scene, he's not given a lot to do. The scene has bare bones to it, but he does a good job. He delivers the yeah. climax of the movie, which is essentially a scene where he begs his wife not to go out and kill herself because he can't live without her. Right. And he does a fucking good job. It's just... It's always a shame to see the emergence the of like of something s- solid chops in just a just a wash in ineptitude and just mind-numbing boredom. Josh, you're better than this. Pick better projects. You're a diamond in the rough, Aladdin. Uh, well, the thing is, like, <laughs> the majority of this cast just should. Should not be in. This. I'm just, yeah, I'm still so. F- I'm gonna try and it's dig baffling. up why the movie, how like and why Frank the movie. Langella, like Rosario yeah. Dawson. Why are you an executive producer on this film? Is your is the director like your best friend? This feels this feels girl walk or uh, uh, stuck between stations style. Yeah, like like like, like favors, call in favors type thing. This but Andy Moriucci, get on the pod. Uh yeah, dude. No? Whatever. If you if you got the balls. Freaking do it! You got the stones. Yeah, I mean, defend. We have nothing this. personally against you. you. Like you wasted ninety-eight minutes of our time, but I mean, look, you're no Troy Duffy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, your name's not as annoying as Troy Duffy, which is right. Oh my god, like, that name's like, so annoying. Like, I would sounding. hate that guy even if even he was if the he nicest hadn't man. made the Boondock Saints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You yeah we wouldn't you we can't have Troy Duffy on you would it wouldn't even matter you would just attack him. I would yell at him yeah we would have to put you in a cage but yeah we could wheel you out like Hannibal Lecter to talk to Troy Duffy <laughs> wait wait guys I, re- I remembered one more funny thing about this movie sure one funny of, yes <laughs> okay as in I laughed one of the news anchors in the first like fifteen minutes is played by the guy who plays Rich on Community. The like the guy that Jeff hates because he's too nice, oh, who makes yeah. kettle corn, which is as Troy tells us a fun time snack. That's so weird. Yeah, he's just like the like the really perfect guy who's yeah. like really nice and great at everything, and Jeff is angry at him. He hates him. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the news anchors on the shitty fake, <laughs> like uh, like not convincing news programs. So. Um, I don't have much more to say about parts per billion other than that. Um, it's the amount of uh, whatever needs to be in the air for the virus to uh, kill you. Yeah, something parts yeah. per billion. And uh, I do. There, there is a part where I think it's like Frank Langella is saying to Alexis Bledel, like, if it hits something parts per billion, it's like toxic. And she's like, what does that mean? Yeah. And I'm like, good. Yeah, because I don't know how to measure parts per billion of anything. And it also, is that supposed to be like, we're all parts per billion because there's like billions of people? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, wow, you're really discerning. Uh, so, no heart on no, for me. No heart on me. No. I Thou a- hast no heart on. <laughs> of fi-, fi to you, 
my by my troth, no heart on there will be. Oh. A pox on both your houses. I deride your <laughs> ability to have heart-ons. No, I no. cry havoc at you and wish you a foul and I'm... scurious death. Bite my thumb at thee both. Do you thumb at me? I bite my thumb at you, sir. I bite my thumb at this fucking film. Yeah, um, are you I, telling I lies? have a heart-on for Josh, and uh, I have a minor one for this movie for all the wrong reasons. Take you And I'm sorry. And yeah. I, Here's and, the thing. I objectively agree with everything you guys have said. And it's yeah. just, for whatever reason, we're talking about how like you can watch stuff and just have a weird... Like, me and Matt, I think, unjustly hated Stuck Between Stations more than it deserved. Yeah, right. that's where and we that's, were pretty intense And about I think that, we were overly were harsh about this movie, and I just, for whatever reason, am sympathetic to this and movie. And look, look I've laid I'm just going to say, as... Common thread, uh, so, I hated everything. So over the past... <laughs> few days i've had multiple people yelling at me on the internet about how actually you can objectively uh critique and criticize uh art and i'm wrong because (laughs) i said that no you can't because (laughs) everyone brings their own perspectives and biases to everything and there is no objective quality to these things yeah and uh Anyway, here, watch the new video. It's it's about why I think the Last Jedi is great. Um, but uh, people, it is are, a good movie. People are angry at me because I liked a movie. Make a five hour response video about it too, telling Pat yeah. why he's wrong. If you've got the stones, oh, uh, they will make it longer. Yeah, they will. Yeah, I, I, go th- ten hours. Jake, you don't even need to tell them. They will. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not. I, I'm not going to watch it because <laughs> it's it's stupid. Um, <laughs> but I. But no. But like like, I mean. Again, we all bring our own perspectives to these films. Uh, like, and, and Jake, I, I'm envious of the fact that you were able to get more out of this experience than 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 I am. I'm just not mad at it. I think right. is the clear. There's thing yeah, here. it's like a distinction between, you know, there's like the objective. It's not even objective, but there are just like the criticisms to, to craft. I guess. Yeah. Like you see objectively how. Oh yeah. The yeah. dialogue is. Thin and weak and whatever, but like the overall package and, and how you react to it is where it's unaccountable. And for whatever reason, you I'm not mad at the not, movie. You guys have a viscerally irritated and angry reaction to the film, it and are sucked. either if you're not irritated, you're bored to tears. And I'm just gonna and say, um, everyone, uh, instead of watching this movie, go home and crank up the song faster by Manic Street Preachers and revel in glorious nihilism. Or yeah. pop in your DVD of uh, Seven Pounds. <laughs> no. You don't know how bad... You, you don't even know what con- that movie is. Watch Contagion. Contagion oh. is good. And, oh, oh, oh. And b- it, it's like this, but better in every way. Hey guys, no, triple feature. Contagion, Seven Pounds, and um, Babel. <laughs> um, hey, hey, guys. Wow, sounds like a laugh read- riot. <laughs> Why don't you guys read a book? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you crack open a nice copy of uh, friggin' Moby Dick? Because <laughs> we're Philistines. That's right. We, we, yeah, Matt. Look, we want our entertainment just like broadcast into our, our eyes. We want to sit mm. passively mm. and just consume that sweet, sweet content. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'd like to stop producing it. Yeah. Okay. End of the episode. Any we made so, today. so so Matt and I <laughs> no heart ons. Jake does kind of have one because he's a crazy little boy. Because I'm a kinky little freak. <laughs> Sorry. Any 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 final thoughts on this movie? No. No. So we guys, said it, guys. 
okay, exciting news, exciting news that that uh, many of our listeners will be happy to hear. Next week, we are talking about the sh- the prestigious Showtime TV series Penny Dreadful, hey. the, the the best known, most most mainstream thing Josh Hartnett has done in a decade. This is huge. Some of you will have actually seen this thing. We'll be talking about. We're, <laughs> we're doing Penny Dreadful finally. Josh Hartnett as a werewolf. I can't wait because no matter what, it'll be better than this thing. Thanks for hanging in there. So guys, and also uh, the the important usual stuff. Follow us on Twitter at Hart Hartnett. Uh, send us emails, hartheartnet at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at wehartheartnet. And uh, watch the videos that, that we're making. Like, uh, and, and smash that like button on, uh, on, on the one that, that, that made people angry, uh, where I talk about why Star Wars is good. Uh, at youtube.com slash Patrick H. Willems. Follow me on all the social medias at Patrick H. Willems. Jake. Mm, follow me on Twitter at jrtorpy. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Torpy and follow me on Instagram at matt.sucks. Also, I remembered uh, uh, John Mouse, native of Minnesota. Very cool. Great. Q. Just like Josh Hartnett, our boy Josh will be back here next week. Rate, review, subscribe. Good night. Gucci. I hate purity. I hate goodness. I don't want virtue to exist anyway. I want everyone corrupt.